0: from studio 6b on a friday night wrapping up a great week glad you're in real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 samsung tv plus channel Ten Twenty Nine. paul nolan's here with the news rick delgado's here with what even is that tonight rick amirati's gonna have sports Geo Friend holding it down uh, Paul Nolan how are you that's none of your business all right very good Rick uh, Delgado how are you Yeah, hey, what's it to you all right Rick Amorati, <laughs> how are you and what's coming up in sports
1: wonderful big D we got a little really uh, Ryder Cup recap we got a uh, recap from last night's uh, Thursday night football game and the Cleveland Indians we're going to talk about them closing the gate on that name
0: okay very good Geo Friend here as well holding it down lots to talk about Ryder Cup USA had a pretty decent first day but they you know it's that's kind of what they've done now it's What happens the weekend, obviously, because they've gotten slaughtered uh, last couple years after that first day, after those first couple rounds. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Lots to do in the news. I know we're going to have some interesting segments tonight because we're going to talk about this Arizona audit. And there's a bunch of ways to look at this. I'm going to look at it as what people hear and what people see, what the media is going to run with what we're going to serve up on a silver platter. Rick Delgado is then going to uh, basically get you what he sees, which is what, if you voted for President Trump, what you're going to see. But so the real question is, and I'll just start by asking you, Rick, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in the end, while the Biden administration continues to entrench themselves, the federal government continues to get bigger. Uh, We've got a disaster at the border. We've got... uh, We've got to figure out how to save the country. What the headline people see today is, and what the media will run all day with and all night tonight on every mainstream media, will report that, well, the Republican audit election, all they told us is that Biden won by more than we thought. That's what people are going to hear. Now, that's not what you're going to hear. That's not what I'm going to hear, because we're going to look into the details of it. But most of America, when they glance at the news tonight or on any mainstream, Washington Post, New York Times, all they're going to hear is the, um, he won by more than we actually thought. So the farce was even a bigger farce than we thought, this chasing down ghosts in Arizona. You say what to that?
2: I say read past the headline. You, you, you know, you, you, you coined an interesting phrase there. I never heard it before. Headline people. That, that that's most of the country, unfortunately. And that's why the news, the deep state media, they do what they do, because they know most people will not go past the headline. Maybe they'll get through the first paragraph and then that's it. They're, they move on to the next thing. It's the it's the microwave, you know, mentality of it's got to be done. It's got to be done quick, quick, quick. Uh, uh, that's what I need. Um, I'm gone. I've already got my it, it either validates their belief
0: or they throw it to the side going, ah, it must be garbage. And they move on. 10 a.m. this morning from Red State, not from the New York Times, Mm -hmm. not from the Washington Post, not from um, uh, the Huffington Post, from Red State. Headline, Arizona election audit delivers surprise results per reports. The results from the Arizona audit are in per multiple reports, and they are going to set off a firestorm, according to Axios who is reporting on a copy of the Cyber Ninja's findings obtained by the Washington Post, Joe Biden not only won Maricopa County, where the audit was taking place, but won it by a wider margin than the official results. Unless these reports, which are also coming in from local Arizona news, are completely false, Biden will have apparently found to have garnered more votes than originally Counted. The official report will be out at 3 p.m. Eastern today. So if you doubt what Axios is saying here, you'll have the opportunity to read it for yourself in short order. That was from Red State mm-hmm. from uh National Review, moving a little more now towards the center. Trump allies Arizona election audit confirms Biden's victory. The hand recount of the 2020 Maricopa County, Arizona election results found that President Biden defeated former President Trump in the county by slightly larger margins than was recorded on election day. While the county vote total showed Biden winning by 45,109 votes, the hand recount found that Biden won by 45,469. According to the drafts of an audit viewed by the Arizona Republic, the audit was conducted by Cyber Ninjas and other subcontractors. The results of the audit are going to be presented to the Arizona State Senate at 1 p.m. on Friday. The tabulation equipment counted the ballots as they were designed to do, and the results reflect the will of the voters, Maricopa County Board Chairman Jack Sellers said in a statement to the media. That should be the end of the story. Everything else is just noise
2: <laughs> and that and that's what they want you to believe so everything else is just noise basically well, what they did damon yeah and and this is for people you know because they're gonna you know you guys are gonna be out there maybe you're gonna run into some friends that maybe have that same point of
0: view going ha we told you okay well hold and, on before and i'm you gonna, get, I'm before gonna you get to the noise okay. before you get to the noise mm-hmm. let me let me go one more yeah from our friends at just the news draft report of maricopa audit finds biden one but flags as many as 44,000 votes as critical. So that's the headline from Just the News. Right. So now, Rick Delgado, take Again, it away.
2: Again, back to the headline readers, um, the people that, you know, this is what they wanted to hear, and that's what they got. They don't want to look any further. They don't want to look any deeper. They're like, that's it, tunnel vision, blah, 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 let me keep going. And I can also tell you this is a cup of 20, because I counted them, 20 sugar packets. All right? Okay. Twenty sugar packets. I counted them three times. Made sure I put twenty sugar packets in here. Do you believe me? Yes. Okay, good. Because I counted twenty and I did it three times. Now I'm going to dump them out. Twenty sugar packets. Oh wait, what are we looking here? Let's do a forensic audit of this. Let's see. There's one equal. That's, That's not, not sugar. sugar. This is sugar. This is sugar. We got another yellow equal. Oh, that's That's not sugar. sugar. This is sugar, sugar. Uh, Another sugar, another sugar. Uh, Blue. What's this blue stuff? Blue, original equal. We got one, two, three of those. Got another yellow. Got some more white sugar, sugar, sugar. One more equal, one more sugar. Okay. That's reality. That's what the Arizona Forensic Audit is going to show you. They're going to I've show bar- you that all those, all the numbers. Sure, the num, the ballots. All they did was correlate the number of ballots with what the machine counted. The machine counted these ballots. The machine says I counted these ballots. Here's the number of ballots. Great, it's close. It's off by a minuscule number. That's fine. That that's within the, the within the margin of error. Now what they go through is like you said from the Justin News. Now they start getting into the weeds and go, wait a minute, we've got a handful that of people that are dead. We've got 10,000 people that are dead. Well, you got to pull that 10,000 out. Now you don't really have that big a difference now, do you? If any difference. Then you got to pull out all the ones from uh people that may not may have voted twice. You have the people that may not be uh citizens of that that county and moved but somehow they still voted even though maybe they didn't personally their vote still ended up getting counted. That's what I'm talking about and that's what the draft isn't telling you, but it doesn't matter to the mainstream media because the headline readers, the mainstream media is just running with, look, Biden won and he won by more than we told you. And then th- then they'll say with and that should be the end of it, because they don't want you to look any deeper, because once you start to scratch the surface, you go, hey, this isn't this isn't a helmet made of uh, uh, of tinfoil. wait, there's actual this is hard plastic under here.
0: That's ba- that's basically what we're going to see. What were you going to say, Paul?
3: No, no, he covered it just then. Thank you.
0: Okay, so let's move, um, let's move to more of probably where we're lined up with. And that, of course, is the great Matt Margolis from PJ Media, who says, ignore the MSM. Here's what the 2020 Maricopa County Election Audit actually says. A draft copy of the 2020 Maricopa County Election Audit has been leaked to KJZZ, a Phoenix-based radio station. The validity of the draft report they obtained was confirmed by audit spokesman Randy Pullen, who said it's not the final report, but it's close. The media is already spinning the findings of the audit. Quote, the partisan review of Maricopa County's 2.1 million ballots cast in the 2020 election found a vote count nearly identical to what the county had previously reported. That's from CNN Like other liberal outlets, CNN focused on the results of the hand recount part of the audit. As we know, hand recounts may account for slight discrepancies in counting, but do not address irregularities or potentially illegally cast ballots. So let's look into what the audit actually says. Uh, Quote, what has been found is both encouraging and alarming. The report summary reads, this is from the report now. On the positive side, there were no substantial differences between the hand count of the ballots provided and the official canvas results from the county. The summary then continues. However, while it is encouraging for voters, it does not um, put away all of our concerns. Number one, none of the various systems related to the elections had numbers that would balance and or agree with each other. Um, In some cases, these differences were significant. Number two, there appears to be many ballots cast from individuals who had moved prior to the election. Number three, files were missing from the election management system's server. Number four, Mm. ballot images on the EMS were corrupt or missing. Number five, logs appeared to be intentionally rolled over and all the data in the database related to the 2020 general election had been fully cleared. And number six, on the ballot side, batches were not always clearly delineated. Duplicate ballots were missing the required serial numbers. Originals were duplicated more than once, and the auditors were never provided chain of custody documentation for the ballots for the first period prior to the ballots' movement into the auditor's care. This all increased um, the complexity and difficulty in properly auditing the results and added ambiguity into the final conclusions. Back to Mr. Margolis now. He says the audit team faults Maricopa County officials for not cooperating with the audit, which would have resolved many of these obstacles. Quote, by the county withholding subpoena items, their unwillingness to answer questions, as is normal between auditor and audit audit. Uh, And in some cases, actively interfering with the audit research, the county prevented a complete audit, the summary explains. This did not stop the primary goal of offering recommendations for legislative reform to the Arizona Senate, but it did leave many questions open as to the way and manner that the 2020 general election was conducted. As a result, while many areas of concern were specifically identified, our full audit results validating the 2020 general election are necessarily inconclusive. Mr. Margolis writes, while the media is claiming that the audit report confirms Biden's victory, it does not. Quote, there are sufficient discrepancies among the different systems that in conjunction with some of our findings suggest that the delta between the presidential candidates is very close to the potential margin of error for the election the audit summary explains and then they show a table showing the discrepancies and other issues found by the audit team and the number of ballots that were impacted however the audit team notes that no single finding would necessarily favor a single candidate in many cases quote there could be legitimate and legal votes within the ballots impact amount and so then they have this finding summary chart of all of these um all of these different breakdowns mr Margol says why does why do these matter and i'll tell you why when we get back we'll do news and sports and then we'll get back to this and i'll tell you why live from studio 6b on a friday just getting started we'll spend some time on this crazy town biden was in rare form today he also spoke and took a couple questions we'll get to all of that here on a friday night Studio Six B on a Friday night. We'll get back to uh, Matt Margolis and PJ Media in this uh, election audit that came out of uh, Arizona today. Because people are all up in arms about what, what what does this mean, and and in the end, what is well, there's an overall question here that I have. Of course, I'm probably against everybody else in the audience and, and too. But we'll, so we'll get to all of it. We'll lay it out there. Uh, But right now, let's do some sports, and here with that is Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal?
1: Hey, Big D. Well, let's talk about last night's big football game, NFL. Sam Donald's two touchdowns helped Panthers to convincing victory over the Texans. The Panthers remain undefeated with the win over the Texans. This is Ryan Gatos, Fox News. Sam Donald had two TDs, and DJ Moore had more than 100 receiving yards as the Carolina Panthers took care of the Houston Texans last night, 24-9. Donald was 23-34 for with 304 yards passing, but the scores came from his legs. The former first round pick of the New York Jets started the scoring party with a five-yard rushing touchdown to get the Panthers on the board in the first quarter. He would then score again in the fourth quarter on a goal line rush with a little help from his teammates to push him in. I saw that tremendous effort and the helmet popped off the whole bit. Carolina lost two key players though during their win over Houston, which was a real downer for them. Christian McCaffrey, their star running back, exited the game in the first half. He was hobbling off the field after a run and it appeared he had tweaked his hamstring. Actually, Mr. Nolan cued me into that last night on the show. Uh, And the Panthers also lost defensive back J.C. Horn in the second half. He has Oof. been reported. Horn suffered a broken foot. And, boy, he's another stud, a great cornerback, their rookie. And then next Sunday, they get to visit my Dallas Cowboys. So should be interesting. And McCaffrey, no word on how long he's going to be out with that hamstring. There's been no report as of yet. I checked earlier today. He'll
0: be back just in time to be your team.
1: Probably. <laughs> That's usually how it goes, Big D. Now, uh,
2: now, did, now, did he tweak it when he did that hop? No,
1: that that hop was him tweaked. getting out yeah, of exactly. it. exactly.
3: Oh, okay. Happened yeah. right before it.
1: Yeah, gotcha. terrible. And J.C. Horn, wow, it was a big, big. Uh, Cowboys were trying to get him as a corner. It was a big pick. It went like number eight. And uh, Ryder Cup earlier today, Whistling Straits, Cola, Wisconsin. A little chilly there. I saw the guys with the hats on, Big D. with the Boy, hats. That's
0: some course. You know, it's a public course. You can go play that course. Wow.
3: Well, wins yeah, I could dead, if I ever had the inclination to go to Wisconsin. <laughs> you could go shoot
0: 150 <laughs> on it too. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, Jordan Speeth almost almost Spieth almost fell into Lake Michigan. He took a shot and he ended up going down the hill. He ended up running into the almost into the lake. It was lucky, pretty
0: lucky He interesting. didn't break an ankle.
3: Yeah, yeah, we were watching that live earlier today. And we I couldn't just, believe
0: it.
1: We can't yeah. believe the ball didn't go behind him. <laughs> that was some that shot. That was incredible. Uh, but anyway, uh, the European veterans did not deliver in the morning session. Uh experience clearly did not help the Europeans uh as the foursomes dug themselves into a 3-1 hole as the U.S. took charge earlier. The eight players that the European captain, Pedrig Harrington, sent out had a combined 72-52-24 Ryder Cup record, 84 points. The bulk of that belonged to 40-something players, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, and Lee Westwood, who combined for 56 of those 76 wins. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, Big D. We always get off to a good start with the Ryder Cup, the Americans, and then yeah. what happens?
0: Yeah. Well, Sergio and Polter got whooped this morning. So, uh, yeah. well, yeah, we'll see what happens. They always get off to a good start, but they got to. On paper, they should take all three days. De- they really should dominate, but
1: we'll see. Well, that's Slick Rick Sports. I'll have Twitter updates all weekend, and Monday night we'll have a full recap. It would be a good conversation on the Ryder Cup. And just one more U.S. Open champ Emma Raducanu – parts ways with coach. This is from Zach Wasink, Yard Barker. This broke uh, early afternoon Friday. British teenager Emma Radicano uh, became one of the true out-of-nowhere sensations of women's tennis and the sports world in general during her summer run that ended her hoisting the U.S. Open Championship trophy as a qualifier. Uh, as the uh, AP reported on Friday, Radicano parted ways with coach Andrew Richardson and is looking for somebody with more experience at the biggest WTA Tour events now that she is ranked number 22 in the world. Richardson Coached the 18 year old at the youth level and most recently ahead of and during her title win run at the U.S. Open. Uh, I'm looking for someone who has been at the level and knows what it takes, Radical Arnold said earlier today. And especially right now, because I'm so new to it, I really need someone to guide me who's already been through that. So I feel bad for that coach, though. Man, taking her from rags to riches and then chow. Yeah. But, you know, got to do what you got to do at that level, I guess. But I do feel bad for the coach. I really do. So, uh, But she's, she's a star. Boy, Britain, they took her on to, you know, the parades and uh, what a celebrity you know first first one in many years to do that for britain so and that's a wrap in sports big d back to you
0: all right thanks rick we'll do more sports coming up at the end of hour one and then obviously in hour two as well let's do a little news and hear what the news is paul nolan what's going on mr nolan
3: well uh black lives matter new york city leader promises an uprising against cities vaccine passports One of the leaders of Black Lives Matter group in New York City promised an uprising against the city's COVID-19 vaccine passports, decrying the system as racist. And, uh, you know, it goes on to say that... um, he said, I think in the perfect world, vaccine requirements should be business by business, but it could be a completely slippery slope, so the mandate should be removed completely. He added, It's not going to be white men in suits on Wall Street who are going to get stopped. There's a hypocrisy in this thing. Uh, Newsom said he believes black Americans have a natural distrust of the vaccine, citing the Tuskegee syphilis study. And. Um, He said, how dare they remove religious exemptions? This is one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen. Uh, He went on to say, now the government has decried, uh, has has decided that your uh, God doesn't matter. I love God. So uh, according to the uh, data, it says about 85% of black residents in New York have not received at least one dose of the vaccine. So while I uh, agree with so much of what he says, I still don't think it's... My, my fault. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah I mean, here, I saw Candace Owen tweet, you know, I never thought I'd be lining up with Black Lives Matter, but well, here we are. Yep. This tells right you how crazy for- the world is right now.
2: Well, yeah, because did you see her tweet about the uh, the businesses in New York City? She, she, and I have it here. Did you know that you need a vaccine passport to enter all businesses in New York City, but you don't need one to enter?
0: The subway. The
2: subway. The most crowded place in New York City. The yeah. subway does not require <laughs> vaccination yeah. proof. Right.
3: Yeah. Horrible. So you adorable. don't need it
0: to get on the subway, but you need it, right? Well, so yeah, and uh, we, as we said, that this would uh, impact black, black and um, uh, African Americans in New York City. <laughs> that they were, um, ha- of course, Joe Biden uses the, the Tuskegee thing so out of place; it's just repulsive. <laughs> whether that's the reason that, the, um, whether that's the reason or not,
3: I just love hearing him say Tuskegee. <laughs> it's so much fun watching Biden say <laughs> Tuskegee. Tus- Gigi.
0: <laughs> I mean let's remember That the real hesitancy of course Started from him and his vice president And the democratic Party and all of their operatives On tv when trump Was still in charge well i don't know It's vaccine i don't know yeah, but right. I, st- I still can't I r- right.
3: wrap my head around the whole Concept that The people on the left hate The government right and they hate the law Enforcement and they don't trust them and
0: Well they love government
3: Yeah not white government, though.
0: Well, no, they don't like anything white. Any if it's anything white, right now is.
3: But I understand. Like, where would? Any, why would anybody, especially them, trust this government, so, so to speak? You know, to me now, they think the government's going to force everything a vaccine because they care about you. Well, what? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Of the course. more government the better, Paul. Yeah. Don't don't From you understand? To
3: grave, the nanny state uh, making you bath water and tucking you in at night. Don't you remember all the money
2: they funneled to the Democratic Party through their website?
3: Well, wouldn't it be great if Black Lives Matter ends up coming to the rescue and stops these crazy-ass mandates? Okay, so uh, an effort to spread discredited Russian collusion uh, theory welcomed by McCain's Senate panel memo show. This is according to John Solomon at Just the News. The efforts to disseminate now discredited theory that Trump campaign had secret computer communications with the Kremlin extended beyond the FBI, CIA and State Department to the U.S. Senate. Under late Senator John McCain, the Armed Services Committee engaged in a former FBI official and his progressive funded nonprofit to produce a report on the matter, according to court records obtained by Just the News. The Senate committee now under Democrat control successfully waged a secret federal court battle this summer to squash the subpoena that would have forced one of its staffers, Thomas Kirk McConnell, to turn over the documents and testify about his dealings with former FBI analyst Dan Jones and his nonprofit. Democracy Integrity Project these records show. The spokesman for George Soros confirms the progressive mega-donor was one of the financial backers of the Democracy Integrity Project. Tax records show the group raised more than $7 million in donations in 2017. Hired Fusion GPS, and we've heard their name a bunch of times, and um, the same uh, firm that produced the debunked steel dossier for Hillary Clinton. So, the hits keep coming there, boys.
0: Okay. All right, we'll go back to Arizona. When we get back, we'll do more sports, more news coming up. Crazy town, what even is that? Lots to do on a Friday night. 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. So back to Matt Margolis in this Arizona audit that came out today because, of course, the mainstream media here is going to project one thing. He won by more votes than we thought. That's it. Trump lost, actually lost worse. That's all you're going to hear, and um, that's all they're going to run with. So back back to um, Margolis. He says, according to the state-certified results, Joe Biden barely won the state by 10,457-vote margin. The tiny margin of victory in the state certified results means that the the discrepancies provided today in this chart are very troubling. There were 42,727 impacted ballots ranked as quote-unquote high or quote-unquote critical severity. That's four times the certified margin of victory already. If you include medium severity discrepancies, there were 53,214 impacted ballots, more than five times the certified margin of victory. Overall, there were 57,734 impacted ballots. These findings don't prove fraud, but certainly demonstrate the potential for fraud. And these impacted ballots have not been vetted. So, has Joe Biden's victory been proven, Mr. Margolis asks? He answers, not in the least the truth is we'll never know the truth about how many ballots were impacted of course the mainstream media knows this which is why deep down in cnn's report about the audit it laments that the draft report quote shows that cyber ninjas and their subcontractors are still seeking ways to cast doubt on the election end quote porting to pointing to the thousands of ballots that were flagged the bottom line The number of ballots impacted by discrepancies far exceeds Biden's margin of victory in the state. Both sides of this debate will claim the report validates their position, but in truth, without proper vetting of the impacted ballots, we'll never know if the election results were legitimate. Even if the audit was able to investigate these ballots and determine that enough fraud occurred to alter the result, it is too late to change the election results. The audit team used their findings to make a series of election reform recommendations to improve the integrity of elections in the future. The fake news is lying about the Arizona audit report, Donald Trump said today in a statement. The leaked report conclusively shows there were enough fraudulent votes, mystery votes, and fake votes to change the outcome of the election four to five times over. Trump also noted that the number of potentially fraudulent votes is many more times than the so-called margin of victory, which was only 10,457. So that's from Margolis, who I, I think is really right on the money. A couple things I want to focus on in, this, in the end of this. Even if the audit was able to investigate these ballots and determine that enough fraud occurred to alter the results, it is too late to change the election results. I want to focus on that. Because this is my argument, and I catch a lot of flack for it, and I get it. I get that everybody wants to know what happened. I know everybody has their feelings on what happened. But as we sit here today, the country's falling apart. The The size of the federal government continues to balloon. The iron-fisted, top-down uh, Biden administration continues to get bigger, more radical. Everything is under attack. Uh, they're trying to push through spending that's going to make us Venezuela. The border is an absolute disaster. We're, it's an invasion at this point. There are, the Supreme Court's under attack. There's so many things right now going on. We've talked about how to make changes. we talked about what we can do at the local level. We've got to win these governorships. We've got to win these state legislatures. I just focus on when he says, in the end, what in the hell is the mechanism here? to get any relief for all of us continuing and continuing and continuing to look backwards rick you say what
2: i say that's a great question because that's a question we've brought up in the past is what do we do it you know and trump has said this a bunch of times does does the uh does the burglar get to keep the diamonds no he has to return the diamonds if he gets caught so okay so so say this they, they reveal, you know, because it's going to happen all weekend long. It's going to be pulling apart everything. And then we're going to look at this and that and what have you. And they're going to examine the routers, too, because that, I guess, has to be done next. Um, what's the mechanism? Then we look at Georgia. What's the mechanism there? Okay, so say that. Say Say you know everybody's you know dream is oh they're going to decertify so say arizona decertifies now there's wisconsin that's got all these issues say wisconsin goes through an audit does the same thing decertifies georgia decertify and then you run down what happens next it's a great question we've never been through this before so it's it's an interesting position we find ourselves in have we seen this play out in other countries unfortunately we have and unfortunately, what happens in those instances is the military takes over. Is that, is that where we want to see ourselves going? I don't know. I can't say, I can't say yes or no because we've never dealt with this before. Does anybody, does anybody see another viable solution?
0: Do we rerun it in 2022? There's no viable solution for these places to even decertify. So how are we going to get down the road that far? No, no one's going to do that.
2: Well, you can't say no one's going to do that because we haven't gotten there yet.
0: Well, Margolis just said in his article, even if you're even if you able to prove it, what, what's, the, what's the mechanism here to do something? There is none. And who's going to decertify? If you can't prove that there was, he, he just said, is it proved that there's fraud? No. Does it prove that there's big questions about what went on? Yes. Well, we all know that. We've all known that since November 4th. <clears throat> we right. all but, watched it with our own eyes.
2: But I think the article was and maybe maybe you're reading something I'm not is that I'm hearing from from the way it was written and what you said is he's looking at the bigger picture, not the desertification part, but okay, so what if it proves a fraud? Is there is there a, a, some process? Because you know, you hear all these all these wackos on the right, and, you know, there's some weirdos out there. They're like, "Oh, Trump's kind of come back into the office." Well, I don't think it works that way. Um, I think there's got to be some type of process, but what that process is, I don't know. Is it do you rerun the election? Yeah, we I don't, don't know. Have, do you, we do you, don't have one. Do, do you, you know, do you go to the uh, you see a race and be like, oh, that guy cheated? You take the gold medal away. Who gets the gold medal? Well, second place gets the gold medal. Yeah. So I, again, I don't know. This isn't this isn't as clear cut as a sporting event. Too bad it's not. It'd be a whole lot easier for us to deal with.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm trying to look forward. Because um, I don't know how much we we can't I don't know how the country endures three and a half more years of this.
3: It's not just that, though. It's how does a country endure no confidence in free and fair elections? That is a way bigger problem going forward. When you got people like me saying, what's the point of voting? It's a duopoly. It's a scam. They rig it. They've got the Dominion machines, Smartmatic machines. they got these, They got the machines jacked up and ready to go. It's been like that forever, right? We've been seeing it all throughout history. It doesn't matter who votes. It matters who counts the votes. That axiom is still clear as a bell. And the bottom line is this. We're the, we're the plebs. We all fight each other. We all hate each other. And there's no reason to vote anymore. Like It's technocratic rule waiting around the corner. So what do you do? What's the real solution? Is the real solution... Everybody's got to go down to their local ballot plate and just stand, uh, stand by and watch. Do you have to have more and more people, you know, you know, watching any chicanery that goes on? I mean, w- what happens now? Is there a way to, that, that somebody, a patriot out there in the tech world can create a technology on the blockchain that could show a real fair, honorable election in every level? there has got to be some kind of solution. It's got to be somebody smarter than me. But something's got to give. And it's not about... That election was just obvious when you use Oxham's razor. Like, the, it was... We never seen any kind of enthusiasm for a president like that in our lives. Right. We never seen a turnout like that in our lives. And the guy that he went against was the establishment-based Bush, Fauci, Cheney, the whole... The Bobamias, the Clintons, the, the whole crew of neocons, the world globalists, right? He was their puppet. He... He he campaigned from his basement. He had a lid on him by like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The other guy's hitting six cities, 30,000, 50,000 people, boat flotillas and parades and cars. We know what happened. The boycotts, everything, the winning all night. Oh, shut the machines down. Oh, flipped it. Common sense tells you exactly what happened. So the fact that we can't, then no one's going to overturn it. It's already in the courts that are owned by corrupt judges, corrupt at every level, bought and owned by globalists like Soros and Gates and Zuckerberg. We've seen all that. At the end of the day, we all can care about what happens in 2022 and 2024 at this point. How do you mobilize and how do you organize and how do you do, get on the same dirty, filthy level as, as these, these evil doers from the ground up as they say in Marxism In the top down That's how you get communism Bottom up, top down We have to play by the same rules at this point I want to be left alone And the people who want to be left alone Aren't going to get out there and do it Until now You have to, we have to You know, that, that's it I, I ranted too long No, not, not at good. all
0: Not at all and I, I, by the way, I'm on the same page. I think we have to start looking forward to 22 and 24 because if we're still looking backwards, we're going to lose those two. Uh, we, we've seen some good movement in some of these state legislatures. But that's where, I I just feel like that's where our focus has to be because we have no mechanism of going backwards. No matter what it shows, no matter what you can prove, no matter what you can find. In the end, it just is what it is. There's nothing to act on, or there's nothing to do with it to act upon it. We have to look forward. It's like we talked about the timing of some of these things. In my estimation, the Democratic Party is very close, if not already in disarray, in total disarray, if he can't get this massive spending through what's going on at the border what people see when, and happen in Afghanistan, what people see in inflation, what people see when they go to the grocery store. To give them something to unite around is, to me, just a a, a gross misjudgment and, and error to do that now. But that's just my opinion. Anybody differs than that?
3: Yeah, no. I still think you do have to
2: look backwards well, you, because yeah. you've got to identify... Everything. But
4: what, you know what?
0: What? More? I mean? Oh, Joe. Yes, Joe's, I'm with
3: you too, Rick. On that, <laughs> Joe's
0: weighing in. Joe's going to weigh in here in that, a second.
3: That's what I, I'm with you on that okay, too. Okay. You but can't. Rick, you can't learn from the. You know how okay. to fix the future without understanding right. fully how you got rigged in the past. Exactly.
0: exactly. Right. But to what? But what? Okay. I don't disagree with that. But what more do you think? Looking back, we're gonna. Wh- when do you say? Okay. We now. We've looked back enough to know X, Y, and Z. Now we. Now we got to focus on. Making sure this doesn't happen. We take the House and the Senate.
2: Well, you What's gotta the keep, bar. You gotta keep looking back at the way they did it. The way they entrenched themselves and got into every system and corrupted it. Because if you can't weed it out, those same systems are gonna show up again and you're gonna be like, Ah, we, we missed one because you, you stopped and went, Okay, we figured it out, we think. This is good enough. They said we should stop here. All right, let's stop here. But meanwhile, it, it's like diagnosing a disease. If you don't get to the root cause of the disease, they, the Big Pharma can give you all the drugs you want. Doesn't matter. You're never going to get better because you haven't identified the actual problem that's causing your body to disease.
0: Right. But if you can't get to that, as far as you could talk about machines and in, 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 uh, simple, um, Smartmatic Smartmatic, and uh, all this other stuff to your blue in the face. And you can, you can go to Mike Lindell's symposium and all, all of this stuff. If you can't get something that stands the, without a reasonable doubt, let's just call it, let's use that as the standard, then what can you do? You can address the Article 2 issues that we've talked about endlessly on this show. But if you can't get to the, aha, smoking gun, what, what do you do? With the with the with the computer part of it, with the machine part of it, yeah. All right. Uh, the president was out tonight. Today, we'll talk about that. He was with the Indian prime minister as well. That was interesting. Crazy town coming up. from studio 6b 13 to the hour on a friday night glad you're in real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 make sure you follow us on social media facebook twitter at lfs 6b rumble parlor getter youtube we're all over make sure you visit our social media make sure you f- visit our friend. speaking of i spoke in the last uh, segment about our friend mike lindell at my pillow go to my pillow look for those sheets those uh, towels pillows travel pillows regular pillows you know they got all kinds of different ones too uh, you know, medium, soft, hard—however you like to sleep on a pillow. Um, they've got them all, so check them out right now. Mypillow.com and use our code LFS6B at checkout for up to sixty-six percent off. Great way to support Lindell. Great way to support the country. And it's a great way to support the show. Uh, Live from Studio 6B, let's do some sports. And here with that is Rick Amorati. What's going on,
1: pal? All right, Big D. Well, Cleveland's set to say goodbye to Indians for good. This is an AP report earlier today. The Cleveland Indians are about to become history. On Monday, one of the American League's charter members will play its final game of 2021 and also its last at Progressive Field as the Indians, the team's name since 1915, when Shoeless Joe Jackson was the starting right fielder on opening day. (laughs) Much more than the makeup of a rainout against the Kansas City Royals. The home finale will signify the end of one era and beginning of a new chapter for the team, which will be called the Cleveland Guardians next season. What a name. After the October 3rd season finale in Texas, and with no postseason for a team that hasn't won the World Series since, well, 1948, there will be a transition period before Indians, a name deemed racist by some, is dropped and Guardians appears on new uniforms with logos that were unveiled in July to mixed reviews. At some point, Guardians merchandise will go on sale. Paul, make sure you get online for that. And the massive script of Indians logo crowning the ballpark's massive left field scoreboard will be taken down, a moment many Clevelanders could have never imagined possible. And we have a big Ohio audience, Big D on LFS6B, as you we know. Love Ohio. And that's why I've been paying attention today. The great state of Ohio. We, <laughs> we love, love Ohio. Ohio. Love Ohio! Good, the all, best. Of you, all of
0: you can do it now. It's great.
2: I'm <laughs> <laughs> starting to shred. And that's too bad because Chief Wahoo was
1: a was a big mascot. Uh, big oh. God, right? I loved him, Rick. He was the best. And as soon as they took him down, it was only a matter of time before the Indians were going to lose their name. But what I don't understand is, what's wrong? It pays homage to
3: the native Indians. It it's not like it's a, like, I, I, I still don't understand the redskin thing. No. Leave it alone. Sticks and stones, blah, 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 blah. It still holds on to the remembrance of the natives of this land.
1: I, I so don't So how it, is Indians,
3: like, wrong? I, I'm not, I just don't understand. Them. But we it's don't like, live in India. They're Native Americans. What?
1: Native Americans. It's
2: avoid- a 500-year-old mistake that has never been fixed. It, Columbus didn't get to India. He got to America. So we're still calling them Indians 500 years later. It just doesn't make any sense to me personally.
3: But that was the name, though, that, that we've always called, like, the Sioux Indians. And that's what they call themselves. No, they don't. They call themselves just natives or or the, whatever their tribe. Well, I think it was eighty one percent of American Indians or American natives, whatever you want to call. It. I think they say that none of this matters to them, and or it was even higher than eighty one percent.
2: Yeah. Well, they're not they're not appealing to the natives. They're appealing to the PC generation.
3: Right. They're yeah. appealing to the white people who are complaining. Right. The Liberals. But. They're, you know, things take on names and definitions, and it's just what it is because of what it is.
0: Yeah, but that's not it's not what it is anymore. What What is still what it is? Look it's at changed the, now. the statues, to this, to that, the names, yeah. the names of the schools, taking but, names off the side
3: of buildings. But it's still not offensive. Like Redskins could be. I could give you that. I'll concede that. Right? I'll concede that. You know, like you don't say to somebody, "What are you, yella?" Because that came from when we were at war with you know with with this south pacific rim and anybody who had tinted skin you call them yellow or we you know you say in pool that term was horrible right now when someone deliberately blocked the ball you got ja whatever there's a term we use that's offensive now right everything's offensive but to me indians it still just doesn't make sense while they're going to hunt that name down i just find it ridiculous beyond belief ridiculous
0: Okay, so what do, you, wow. what do you think when the New York Yankees have to ch- change their name?
3: I mean, that's Uh-oh. where we're going Uh-oh. with Wait this. For that. And what about Giants? It makes New more York people who are really tall, right? Damon,
1: or really fat, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, not good. <laughs> All right, let's move this <laughs> along, gentlemen. NFL announces one of six wildcard games to be played on Monday night. Listen to that one. Uh, Aaron Walsh, Yardbarker. The NFL is extending wildcard weekend. The league announced earlier today that one of its first round playoff games will be played Monday, January 17th, according to Sports Illustrator's Albert Breer. NFL announces wildcard uh, weekend's sixth and final game will now be held Monday night. No need to overcomplicate this. Monday night is a better TV ratings window than Saturday at 1 p.m., obviously. Moving Super Bowl back to February 13th this year, the latest it's ever been, guys. um, Obviously cleared the way, uh, erasing any conflict with the college football title game that uh, is played that that Monday. And CBS and NBC are each set to broadcast the two wildcard games, while Fox and ABC ESPN will both be handling a game. Two games will be played on Saturday, in three on Sunday before the round wraps up on Monday night. So that's going to be crazy. Imagine your team playing a wild card game on a Monday night. I've never seen a playoff game on a Monday night. So it'll be a first and it'll be very interesting. So NFL, it's all about the ratings, Big D. You know that better than anyone. And that's a wrap. Back to you. we will have more on that later. I got some boxing news. We want to talk about a big heavyweight clash tomorrow night. I think it's going to be a good fight. Mark okay, very
0: good. Thanks, Rick. Uh, Biden had the Prime Minister of India, is this English, uh, G, uh, in the uh, Oval Office today and I found this one spot that I need some help with here from the audience and maybe from you guys on the panel if you're or on the show if you are the panel on the show if you haven't <laughs> a poll. if you haven't heard it yet. Um uh, help me out here with what's going on here. Roll it G. No, That's not is this English G. That's Crazy Town. That's not that's not is this English. That's Crazy Town. It's called a tease. Yeah it's a tease. Crazy town's coming up. That's coming a good up. that's <laughs> okay, I, uh, that's why I said, "Is this English?" That's a good tease, though. Crazy Town is coming. <laughs> One more time. I need help here. Is this English? Roll it, G. <laughs> but,
3: uh, and the end result was that uh, um, uh, I uh, he apparently uh, stayed uh, and uh, married an Indian woman. Oh. Okay. <laughs> The only thing I got out of that was Indian. <laughs> I, would, I would love it if the guy next to him just like to the camera was like, "What's up with this guy?" <laughs> yeah.
2: You know what that looked like though. I swear, if if a couple people walked, a couple like uh, you know some of those uh, those retirement home employees walked up with like a you know a tray. Here's your yeah. Jello. That's, if that it, you could just replace it. That's what it looks like in there. Yeah. Or maybe somebody walks up a little tray. Here, it's your turn on the checkers, Grandpa. Okay
0: okay oh so my now, goodness that looks terrible now for the first time i think since we've and i maybe the first time ever on the show we now have a is this english that has now also been incorporated into the longer version G. Uh, gee now you can get it ready <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of this meeting a little extended version here this would be crazy town the prime minister uh modi with president biden roll that G.
3: fact, back in 2006, uh, I set that hope out where I said that by 2020, when I was vice president, 2020.
0: <laughs> oh, just pick my nose here. Hold on.
3: Oh, okay. And the end result was that uh, um, uh, <laughs> I. Uh, Santa Claus doesn't uh, understand me either. I stayed uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, everyone.
0: And
3: that bust has more original thoughts in it than, than biden so there you go
2: surprised they didn't refer to the people of india as guardians
0: what's up oh. do, the, do, do, the, do the is this gee the is this english one more time i want to try to count the us everybody try to count ready go Turn it up.
3: uh, And the end result was that uh, um, uh, I uh, apparently uh, stayed uh,
4: and uh, married an Indian woman.
3: I
2: got at least eight or nine. I had 11. I I got nine. Could be 10. Could be 10. Do you guys get the opening? Yeah, I got that. I got that
0: Two live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glide you're in. Real America's Voice. Dish Network, Channel 219. Pluto TV, Channel 240. Samsung TV Plus. Plus, Channel 1029. Paul Nolan's got the news. Rick Amorati's got some sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. We've still got some things to go over. Wait till you see. Oh, I'm sure you've seen that by now. Wait till you see what happened on our old favorite show, The View, today. You just can't make it up. You just <laughs> can't make it up. The way sometimes old karma and irony comes back and just kicks you right in the face. So uh, we'll show you that. Plus we'll try to get to the president today. Although listening to him bumbling around and talking nonsense about everything uh, will be the last priority because I want to get the Chip Roy speech today as well, which was excellent on the floor. But um, right now it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that of course is Rick Delgado with what even is that?
2: All right. Thank you, Damon. And uh, I'm sure by now everyone in the country is familiar with the Gabby Petito case. Of mm-hmm. course, the 22 year old blonde Long Island girl who was uh, driving cross country and living in a van with her fiance. Uh, she ends up going missing. And of course, by now we know that she was uh, found murdered uh, while her fiance, uh, Brian Laundrie, the person of interest, is on the run. It's gained national and even worldwide attention. But do you even know Why? Is it because, well, that she V-blogged her trip and, you know, we all kind of got to know her and see her and meet her and, and it kind of humanized her, right? Or, or maybe it could be another reason. Now, now hold on to your draws here, guys, because what I'm about to say sounds completely nuts. Are you ready? I said, mm-hmm. are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, right. Yes, yes. I'm when ready. it comes to this case, I think I might agree with Joy Reid. Oh.
0: <laughs> no! Yes, no! I agree with him.
2: Yes, <laughs> the lunatic from the left and host of the MSNBC show, The Readout, who says that her Twitter account was hacked a couple times and posted racist and gay uh, yeah. bashing tweets that the FBI still can't come up with any information on, <laughs> no. said this the other day on her show.
1: Huh. Sunday, human remains believed to be potatoes were found in a national park in Wyoming. No
3: family should ever have to endure that kind of pain. And the Petito family certainly deserves answers and justice. But the way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering, why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Right. Well, the answer actually has a name, oh. Missing White Woman Syndrome, the term yeah. coined by the late
4: and great Gwen Eiffel to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway, while ignoring cases
3: involving missing people of color.
2: Yes, Uh, and there it is. Don't you agree? Oh, missing
0: white woman syndrome.
2: Yeah, missing white woman syndrome. And like I said, I think I agree with her. Think, huh? I mean, seriously, what even is that? And by gum, Joy Reid is the the only national TV show host that I've heard that has the hooks but to say it live on her show. Yeah. Why is it that every time a good-looking white girl goes missing, it becomes a national story? In the mainstream media, they're just as guilty. CNN, Fox, and MSNBC, they just can't get enough of it. Yep. Right? I mean, we all know the story about John Walsh and his big show, America's Most Wanted. It was spurred on by the murder of his young son, Adam. Uh, John was no one. But, but and he didn't have a show or, or a national profile but by gum his determination to get the word out and stop this from happening to kids and parents and and you know kind of made him a hero for the cause and thus it made america's most wanted a huge hit and in the process helped catch a lot of really bad guys yeah plus there was Nancy Grace she's yep. still at it there's a t- you know Nancy Grace started out as a local assistant DA in Atlanta but she got, a, she got and took advantage of a gig at Court TV and it has now become one of the loudest voices for justice in these types of cases. I mean, cases that include the aforementioned Lacey Peterson and Natalie Holloway, as, many, as well as many others. But when it comes to missing black women and women of color, Joy is right. Again, I agree with her. No one on TV dedicates any time or effort to help find these missing women and girls. Yeah, nobody. I just wish... There was some place. Yeah. Any place Joy Reed could go, you know, and, and maybe go to a network may, somewhere, anywhere. Yeah. You know, some place that that would cut through all the hullabaloo and have a show that would let Joy Reed get behind the mic sure. and in front of that camera. Good idea. And talk about the subjects and other things that she believes the mainstream media do not give enough attention to. Yeah, I mean, if there was only a cable news network brave enough to do this, imagine. Yeah, crazy thought here. Imagine a one-hour nightly show. Joy Reid can even host it Mm -hmm. and read out. Some of the names and faces of these missing people of color, since it's something that she is so passionate about and feels that it's purposely being ignored by the mainstream media. I mean, just imagine that. Um. But I guess there's absolutely no way for Joy Reid to be heard. Mm. You know, it's a sad day in America, my friends. When an American TV cable vision host, MSNBC national correspondent, a liberal political commentator and Hollywood reporter described her as as one of the political pundits who has been on the forefront of cable news conversations. She's also written two books, hosted the weekly MSNBC morning show called AM Joy. And in 2020, MSNBC announced Joy Reid as the host of the Joy Reid show, the readout a Washington based. Weeknight show at 7 p.m. Prime time. Prime time. Mm. I mean, it's a sad day when even Joy Reid, who devotes absolutely no coverage of any of these missing people of color, that she says that need a voice. And it's never done so in her 20 plus years of radio and TV because, well, she just can't get on TV anywhere and get the story out. I mean, that is an atrocity. <sighs> Because I, I guarantee you, if Joy could get on TV, even just for a moment, I'm sure the first cable show that she would jump on, she would say, hey, you know what? We need to find this missing person. <laughs> I mean, seriously. What the hell? Where is this woman? Isn't she in charge of the border or something? Yeah. Oh, man. Damon Perf- <laughs> You are a
3: gosh dang <laughs> genius, Delgado. That
1: was beautiful. That it,
0: was it, great. It is, it is so right on the money. Yep.
3: So on the money.
0: Joy Reid has been on what national, a hypocrite. national TV for as long as anyone can remember. And I can't think of one damn case, as she says, oh, it doesn't happen when people are black and brown people, what case has she brought attention to? That's exactly right. No cases.
2: Well, from that clip that I played you, when she starts talking there about the missing white woman syndrome, she finally had a couple people on talking about a, a black guy that went missing in Arizona. Um, but it was oh,
0: because fr- it's convenient right. now for her.
2: And, and I'm sure. And the two people she brought on, she had never met before. She had never talked to before. Meanwhile, they run these organizations that try and find these people. So, you know, just the, I, I just wish she had more of a voice.
0: Yeah. Well, I bet she does too, because there's less than about hundred thousand people watching her a night on MSNBC at eight o'clock or what seven at whatever time she's on prime time.
2: So what you're saying is at seven p.m. Joy Reid goes missing.
0: Pretty much from the ratings <laughs> book, she goes missing. I can tell you that. <laughs> so, well, that's just that's that's good, yeah. Rick, and it's right on the money. She's such a hypocrite; it's, it makes my hair hurt. So, all right. So here's what happened on the View today. You can't, I mean, speaking, speaking of hypocrites, of hypocrites and, <laughs>
3: and low watched stupidity, you
0: can't. Uh, I mean, and you the just you VP. can't. You, what, Jay?
3: And speaking of the missing VP,
0: you can't. Uh, yeah, speaking of the missing VP, the missing VP was actually supposed to show up today on the View in studio. Come on, oh. sit out there with Joy Reid and the whole and all the, the crew. Sonny <laughs> hosting, unsun, unsunny hosting. And uh, whoever else is on the show, oh, she, they got Anna Navarro on there now, too. One of the more reprehensible people ever on TV, Anna Navarro, just an angry woman. Uh, she's on there, too. Well, the vice president was supposed to show up. And uh, in between the A block and the B block, well, here's what happened. Whoops. Roll that, G. Two of you to step off for a second. Okay.
1: Anna and okay, and, and, so, uh, and, and we're going to bring you back later. He- okay, okay, stop. Yeah.
0: So that's the producer of the show. Who never I don't think talks during the show. I don't watch it, so I, I don't think they talk. It's not like the Ellen show where her producer is like or, part of the show. Or it's not like Gellman. Oh, Gelman, right. So the producer says, I need Sonny and um
3: How do you guys know that?
0: And what's her name? <laughs> to to step off the set. And they, they both look like kind of confused, like, okay, and Joy, of course, who's hosting because Whoopi's not there. Um says, Okay, well she's got the word, so she says, Well, we gotta let you know. So go ahead, keep going.
3: Yes, And we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll ta-
0: tell you oh, why yeah.
2: in a couple of minutes. Sure. So shall I introduce the vice president? Yes. Okay. So, vice president. No. 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 Okay. Shall so we no. dance?
0: Let's do she, a tap she's dance. She's still missing. Definitely... Yeah. Since this so... is
2: going to be a major news story. Now, hold it
0: for a second. Now, yeah. well, before, before this, <laughs> this <laughs> I, I swear ugh. this is true. Before this, while they all four were still on the set, they had, a, they had a lower third on the screen. Whatever they were discussing, I guess vaccines, they, they had a lower third, Chiron, on the screen that's, <laughs> that said breakthrough cases for fully vaccinated people are very rare, very rare. Go ahead,
3: G. Wait, 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 hold on. Before you go, I could hear her voice even in the still frame. She's so repulsive. <laughs> oh, Joy Behar? <laughs> so, like it's screeching through me just looking at her. Yeah.
0: All right, so go ahead
1: happened is that uh, Sonny and Anna both apparently tested positive for
2: COVID. No matter how hard we try, uh, uh, these things happen. we probably have a breakthrough case and they'll be okay, I'm sure, because they're both vaccinated. Sure. Up fully. the wazoo. You fully. know, a lot of yeah. vaccines. So, um. <laughs> so, so both vaccinated right up there. the
0: wazoo. So, they're both fully vaccinated. They're up on the wazoo. set. The vice president is in the building.
2: Who's also fully vaccinated? Who
0: also, <laughs> also fully vaccinated backstage. And the two of them get their test somehow. They get their test results back while they're in the already in the A block of the show. So in between the A and the B block, they have to ask them to leave. And then Kamala Harris ended up appearing via you know like sky Sky
2: four feet away. (laughs) (laughs) She FaceTime in because she didn't want to get exposed to anything. Now, how is it that all these vaccinated people can't be around each other?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's because, again, the vaccine is a prophylactic, as we're seeing more and more, and even in Israel. The numbers are outrageous. I saw Fauci, by the way, um, put on the spot by someone on CNBC, believe it or not. Melissa, I can't think of her name. She's actually pretty good. Rivers? She says, No, not Melissa Rivers. She (laughs) says, Dr. Fauci, um, what is going on in Israel? They've got the highest percentage of a vaccinated public, and their numbers are 300% higher now than they were a year ago.
3: Iceland was the third highest vaccinated, and they're in the same exact predicament.
0: And Fauci just, at that point, started making stuff up. Literally no just, way. I <laughs> swear, just
3: made it up. Fauci wouldn't do that. Hey, guys, you said that uh, the guy who produces um, Ellen's show, is, is that, that's Oprah's husband, is the producer of that show? Is that what you said? No. I have no idea. Who said that? Gelman. No, no
0: Gelman is, is for Regis. Regis, yeah. Oh. You know, oh. Regis is all old producer. Yeah.
3: Oh God! You guys are good at that stuff. So Sorry. you just—you just,
0: <laughs> just can't make it up that—that um, that that's what happened. The two fully vaccinated co-hosts of the View test <laughs> positive on set.
3: I just want to see them bounce around like Travolta and the boy in the plastic bubble, just in their suits, all just talking to each other, like well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> while the fully vaccinated vice president is backstage
3: and won't come out.
0: for death, get the vaccine. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. So I saw the Mayorkas, Secretary Mayorkas, was in the press briefing room today, and he says the following. He says, the images, still talking about the horseback and the reins on the horses. He says, the images horrified us in terms of what they suggest and what they conjure up. So that's the new language now, what they suggest and what they conjure up. Not actually what happened, because that they're just making up.
2: It's like that NASCAR story.
0: Yeah. And the photographer today who took that picture, by the way, did an interview with a local station down there and said, I never saw anybody get touched. There was no whips. There was no nothing. So it's just not, but now they've changed it to what they suggest and what they conjure up. So that's the new thing going forward. So
3: that's the bar.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's do some sports here with Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? All right. The big rodeo in California. We love California, but I'm not going to call it a great state. I promise you that. Uh, California Rodeo, Salinas. Salinas, California. The Salinas Sports Complex. Right on round one leaders. Caleb Bennett on bareback, 86.5 points on Ted. Steer Wrestling, first round leaders. Curtis Cassidy, 5.3 seconds. Team Roping, first round. Hayes Smith and Logan Medlin, 8.2 seconds. Saddle Bronk, first round. Wyatt Casper, 86 points on Cork. Grow rodeo's Rage mode. Tie down roping, Marty Yates, 9.4 seconds. Bowel Racing, first round leaders, can't forget the ladies. Ivy Sabins, 16.39 seconds. Good score, followed by Katie Pasco, 16.40, right there, right behind her. Bull Riding, first round, Sage a 87.5 points on Sharkbait. Good one. And uh, the total payout again, $509,000. One of the larger rodeos. And uh, we'll have a recap on Monday night as well on all the rodeos. Capitals become first NHL team to announce Jersey Air deal for 22-23 season. Aaron Walsh Yardbacher. The Washington Capitals are the first team to announce a Jersey Air deal for 2022-23 season. Agreeing to a multi-year contract with, get this one, Caesars Sportsbook. That's not a good look with a Caesars Sportsbook on. On a uh, jersey, but in my opinion, the Capitals' home and third jerseys uh, for games played at Capital One Arena will include the Caesar's logo. Why? Ju- I just I every, don't know. Every Big sporting
0: D. team is is hooked up with a casino now. Everywhere you go, it's sports betting commercials and teams and and casinos and and.
1: What do you mean? I just think there's a fine line there with betting and sports. Call me an old old school guy. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's funny. Okay. All right. And uh, the LA Lakers also agreed to a five-year deal earlier this week to place the logo of South Korean food maker Bibigo, Bibigo. B-I-B-I-B-G-O. So uh, they're going to have that on their jersey. That's a little bit more benign, but uh, I don't know. I I, I know what you're saying, D, but that gambling makes me a little concerned. As far as being on a jersey, and we got some good college games this weekend. Noon, we got number twelve Notre Dame visiting number eighteen Wisconsin. That'll be on Fox. Number two Georgia, the dogs are looking good. They're taking on Vanderbilt. That's on SECN. Three thirty, we got number seven Texas A&M taking on number sixteen Arkansas. That's on CBS. And we also have Rutgers. Rutgers playing good ball, but they're going to be visiting number nineteen Michigan. I don't think they're going to do too well. Number nine Clemson sticking in the top. Top 10 is playing nc state that's on espn also at 3 30 6 o'clock number 24 ucla visiting stanford good pac-12 game uh 7 p.m nebraska number 20 and uh, at number 20 michigan state that's on fs1 and uh 8 p.m uab university of alabama at birmingham taking on tulane we got kevin Corker, one of our good followers he's a big green wave fan that's on espn plus i I think Tulane will probably take that game there home. And uh, 1030 at night, nightcap. Arizona taking on another powerhouse. Number three, Oregon, coming off a big win over Stony Brook last week by 42. That's on ESPN. And Me, uh,
0: you, Geo, Fran, Paul, and Rick could have beat Stony Brook. <laughs>
1: I think you're right, Big D. And, uh, <laughs> that's a wrap in sports. We're going to talk a little bit about that big heavyweight pay-per-view fight tomorrow night. And i uh, have some other uh, what to watch this weekend, NFL and racing. Okay
0: um i'm uh let's do the news here with paul i'm still kind of caught on your you don't like the gambling thing rick kind of caught me off guard i can't get past it i love gambling but it concerns me
1: just you know them having that influence on a sports jersey does it
0: influence does do you th- do you think the ufc shouldn't have done their their deal with um with uh, crypto.com to have the crypto.com on all of the ufc
1: outerwear uh, crypto.com doesn't concern me as much as the gambling. I just, I, I, the gambling and sports to me, I, I, I see the purpose, of course. I just don't see it actually being on jerseys and helmets and that type of thing.
3: So you're saying it's one of those things along the lines of, of um, we all know gambling's there. It's okay to have it, but we can't. Let's not advertise it. Let's not talk about it. Let's keep it on the don't, table. Or you don't like no, the association
1: no, no. with just the team. Just don't put it on the jerseys. That's all. Yeah,
3: I don't right. even care if you put it on the boards. You're you okay could, you with could... it on the commercials. You're okay with it on the boards, but not on the human itself. Who you could did influence the
1: story. The game.
0: Yeah, you did the story in Arizona about the sports book going in there. You, are you okay with that?
1: I'm okay with that. I just, for me, I'm just a purist. I don't like that on the jerseys. That's, I think that, I, that, I and that's I, all I, it is. I think, you know
3: I, I think I kind of, I feel you, Dad, man. Something about it is a little bit. Overreaching, Paul. Maybe I feel. a touch too far yeah. as well. Maybe. It, mm.
2: does, th- Rick, Rick, does any of this have to do with your? Because we all know you're a Cincinnati Reds fan,
1: right? Yep. And the whole Pete Rose thing does that come into play? Absolutely. That definitely hit, Rick, right. you hit the nail on the head. That you know, I'm still very angry about Cooperstown, but you know, Pete of course could have admitted his sins, but it's another story. Bart right. Giamatti, that whole history. But uh, yeah, you know what? I'm just call me an old purist, old school '70s '80s guy. That's the only place. I don't mind you call this the arena that that could be on the boards. I'm all for the, I'm, I'm very, I love gambling. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great element. It's making sports even better than it is. But I'm just a little concerned about being on the jerseys or the helmets. Keep
0: the jerseys pure.
1: Please. Okay.
0: Very good. Now I understand. Um, all right, let's do the news uh, with Paul Nolan. What's this other story now about uh, our friend over at CNN, Paul?
3: So former ABC News producer says Chris Cuomo sexually harassed her. Shelly Ross says the CNN anchor apologized after touching her inappropriately at the 2005 party and now hopes he'll journalistically repent for his behavior. The longtime journalist and producer this week said that Chris Cuomo inappropriately touched her at to a party. Shelley Ross, who was Cuomo's executive producer on Primetime Live, detailed her claims in an open essay f- published Friday in the New York Slimes. In the article, she accused Cuomo of squeezing the cheek of my buttock while uh, going away party uh, for an ABC colleague in full view of her husband. Wow. Huh.
0: And her piece in the New York Times, by the way, I have it in front of me, is entitled, Chris Cuomo sexually harassed me. I hope he'll use his power to make change. By Shelly Ross.
2: Yep, that's the one. At any point in this article, did she call him Fredo the Fondler or anything like
0: that? Um, I'm skimming it now for Fredo the Fondler. Nope. And I have not come across right. it yet.
3: Whether well, he understood it at the time. <laughs> This is a form of sexual harassment. His form of sexual harassment was hostile act meant to diminish and belittle his female former boss in front of the staff. Hmm. And I got to be honest with you, man. Uh, most guys don't have a sense of humor for that sort of thing. He's grab my yeah. wife's, you know, key star- Now Ugh. I'm going to have to.
0: Yes. There's, a, there's an email included in this article in the New York Times from Chris Cuomo to Shelley Ross Wednesday, June 1st. 2005 and it says um though my though my hearty greeting was a function of being glad to see you christian slater got arrested for a kind of similar act through born of alleged negative intent unlike my own and as a husband i can empathize with not liking to see my wife padded as such so pass along my apology to your very good and noble husband, and I apologize to you as well for even putting you in such a position. Next time, I'll remember the lesson. No matter how happy I am to see you. So as he says in here, for being my, I would not like seeing my wife padded, I guess one of the old, uh, you know, as such, which is just strange to think about. You do that to a stranger. Or even to a friend who you're not married to.
3: Well, he, he did it. Like, he really did. sounds like he did it in a way to be like, hey, hey I'm the boss now right. kind of a thing. Like, yeah. like yeah. almost like an establishment of dominance of some sort.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a pat. No, so that, this, it was it, more
3: of a grab. This is a belittling thing that someone does. You know, like when people walk up to Joe Biden and do this with his cheek, it would be... It's hmm. <laughs> Joey. Very, it's very sounds Joey. Similar to
0: Sounds similar to another Cuomo we used to hear stories from
3: not too long ago. Rabbit fannies and killing fannies. Eat a sausage.
0: I wonder if he does that
3: to his mom. The
0: 30 minutes past the hour live from studio 6b on a friday night glad you're in so um this is a good way to end the week i think because i saw this today and chip roy i think is always pretty good especially when he gets fired up on on things and he was pretty fired up today on the house floor um on the biden administration and what's going on at the border obviously being from texas him and ted cruz by the way, we spoke yesterday about these governors maybe in these states down there should just get together and damn, take care of the border themselves. So There was an article about that today that's on our Twitter. I forgot who wrote it. Somebody from Newsweek and said maybe these governors should just uh, protect the border themselves. So exactly what we talked about. It's linked on our social media at twi- on Twitter at LFS6B. I don't have time to cover it tonight. But... So Chip Roy was, um, was pretty fired up. So let's take a look at this and then we'll, then we'll talk about it. Roll that, G. The
4: President of the United States has in multiple regards engaged in what I believe to be impeachable conduct. The president of the United States has failed to faithfully execute the laws of the United States, left our borders wide open, endangered our people, endangered the people of my state. The president of the United States has failed to carry out his duty to defend the United States abroad has in fact aided and abetted the enemy by leaving billions of dollars of equipment for our enemies to use against us, leaving Americans behind, leaving allies behind. And the President of the United States has abused the power of his office to step over the bounds of the Constitution, to order people, order people to force their employees to get vaccinated when he has no such authority. He has no such authority. And he knows it. He knows it. For the exact same reason that the President of the United States admitted that he didn't have the power to extend the eviction moratorium. He flat out admitted it and said he was only going to do it Until such time as the courts could hear the case and make a decision. That same president knows full well that his orders are unconstitutional, but he does not care. And that is an abuse of power. That same president knows that the borders are being exploited and wide open and the cartels are endangering the American people and the migrants who seek to come here. But he does not care. And that is faithless execution of the laws. The president of the United States knows full well. Heck, my 12 year old son knows full well, as he said, as we were driving around, dad, why why would you leave the equipment there for the bad guys to get? Well, son, maybe you should be an advisor to the president of the United States because he doesn't seem to understand that concept and neither does the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and neither does the Secretary of Defense. Because they're so focused on chief diversity officers and woke policies and critical race theory that they don't give a rat's rear end about defending the United States of America. For the same reason my Democrat colleagues have gone down to the river and gone down to South Texas playing the race card and chanting racism and comparing border patrol agents to slaveholders and where is the Secretary of Homeland Security defending the people that work for him in Border Patrol while they're outmanned, exhausted, resigning because they're not being given what they need and support from the top leaders of the Homeland Security? Secretary Mayorkas has the experience to know full well that abandoning Title 42 and abandoning MPP and the Migrant Protection Protocols, he knows full well that that endangers the people of this country and he does not care. He's leaving the people of South Texas exposed. He's leaving the ranchers who work there endangered with fences cut down and ranchers having to figure out how to protect their families and ranchers sending their children out across the ranches armed to defend themselves. Ranchers finding dead bodies on ranches, the dead bodies of migrants. Hundreds of them. That is faithless execution of the laws. That is why the Secretary of Homeland Security is acting with impeachable conduct. The American people are getting sick of this. The people of Texas are getting sick of this. And my admonition to my colleagues on the other side of the aisle is be very careful of walking this perilous journey of authoritarian actions by a president and authoritarian actions by an administration and authoritarian legislating by a Congress that is ignoring our constitutional framework, ignoring federalism. Ignoring separation of powers, ignoring their duties under the Constitution, and endangering the people I represent on a daily basis, because that will not turn out well. The people of Texas are not going to simply sit back and take it. The governor of Texas has been deploying Department of public safety personnel to Del Rio. We have more DPS people in Del Rio than Border Patrol. We have more assets, more aerial activity. And but for the actions of the governor of the state of Texas moving DPS down to Del Rio, the crisis would have truly exploded. But that's only a step. The governor of the state of Texas and the $3 billion that the Texas legislature appropriated and that are deploying and that DPS is down there working and arresting bad actors and arresting people for trespass. The state of Texas is going to have to go further because the federal government is refusing to do its job. And at some point, the state of Texas is going to force a constitutional showdown because it will be incumbent upon the people of Texas to do so. It will be incumbent upon the people of Texas to tell the rest of the country to get out of our daggum way so that we can defend the people of our state. That's where we are. And while my colleagues decry the fact that Texans believe that we should protect life once it has a heartbeat, While my colleagues decry the fact that we believe we should protect life, while my colleagues allow migrants to die, Texans wanna simply keep their communities safe. And Texans are going to do so.
0: What we also learned today from DHS Secretary Mayorkas, by the way, Chip Roy was great. Yeah, powerful. Uh, Mayorkas confirmed today that there was no COVID-19 testing of any of the 15,000 migrants under the Del Rio Bridge. Now, somebody, I don't remember who it was, maybe Jen Saki, upon questioning from Peter Doocy, told us that there was, correct?
2: Yep. She said there's a, there's a process where they look at them and they anoint them, yep. they have COVID or they don't have COVID. So
0: not only did, was there no testing, there's been no testing for the ones who have been released into the country. With this, um, you know, ridiculous, yeah, show up in two months for your uh, court case or whatever the hell it is. So none of them, NTAs or NTRs, whatever, whatever it's called. No testing. Um, and so that's a perfect lead-in. I, wasn't gonna, I didn't think I had time to do this, but I got a couple minutes. This opinion piece by Kyle uh, Scheidler Shild- in Newsweek. This migrant crisis shows that states must secure themselves. Um and I'm not going to read you the whole thing but it basically goes through it says state governors have repeatedly urged the Biden administration to uphold its legal responsibility to secure the nation's borders in a September 20th letter to President Biden 25 governors asked for a meeting to demand action on the borders states have already beaten the Biden administration in court winning a reinstatement of the Trump administration's remain in Mexico policy which the Biden administration abandoned upon taking office Yet the ongoing crisis makes it clear that there are few legal processes capable of forcing a federal government to carry out its obligations. The Biden administration continues to use Border Patrol agents whose job it is to keep those who would illegally cross the border from doing so to process, transport and release into the country migrants who have no legitimate claim to entry, often relocating them in states without the consent of the state governments. Federal state local leaders are struggling to find a way to force the Biden administration to meet its obligations. Representative Chip Roy, who you just saw, has called for the impeachment of both the president and Secretary Mayorkas for their blatant refusal to fulfill the constitutional duties. Roy is right. As long as the federal government under the Biden administration continues to stubbornly refuse its constitutional obligations to the states, the states are obligated to pick up that slack and defend Their citizens. This is likely to require states to increase their own budgets for public safety and security, including law enforcement and the National Guard, and if necessary, to think creatively about new units and capabilities to meet increasing needs. National Guard units across the country remain overworked. Many have still not received federal reimbursement following numerous deployments, including for the mission to secure the U.S. Capitol building, which outraged some U.S. governors after guard units were forced to endure humiliating accommodations and accusations of extremism. A future Congress may also consider ways to help states acquire assets useful for their own immediate security in the cases where federal action is either undesirable or not available. For too long, state National Guards have borne the burden of supporting federal priorities, while state security concerns, especially on the border, play second or even third fiddle. All 50 states have a right to expect that the federal government will fulfill its obligations in areas where the Constitution delegates specific powers to it. But the Constitution does not absolve state governments of their responsibility to protect their own citizens in the absence of federal leadership or willingness to uphold the law. Thankfully, American founders recognized the value of a federal system, which supports the overlap of police powers necessary for the protection of citizens and their rights. And that, and that goes for just more than the border, by the way. This is what we keep talking about on this show. The, these ships are so important. These state legislators' uh, positions to hold the House and the Senate and these state legislatures are so important. It has to start and continue on a local level. When it comes to the border, when it comes to these mandates, uh, all all of this, everything we're seeing. That's why we keep applauding most of what DeSantis does in Florida and maybe a couple others, but he's really the only one. If your governor doesn't act and and legislate and and talk like him, you shouldn't get your vote. You just shouldn't get your vote.
2: Yeah, and and unfortunately, too many people are, are just kind of nodding along, going, okay, whatever you say, especially in, you know, in these blue states where they don't fight and they don't even think about how this, you know, all these migrants are going to impact them in the long run. They only look at, well, I don't see any today, so we're good. But, but they, don't see, they don't see down the road, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, so I linked that. That's from Newsweek today, Kyle. Um... Schildler. should maybe it's pronounced i'm not exactly sure but uh we should try to get him on the show that's a fantastic piece uh he's the director for homeland security and counterterrorism at the center for security policy and if you want to read that article it's on our um on our social media now all right we'll wrap it up a little more sports a little more news when we get back for a friday night live from studio 6b studio 6b on a friday night it's been a great week been a great show glad you're in you know i was thinking about the the thing on the view that i pulled the host because they both tested positive for covid (laughs) even though they're fully vaccinated you know what maybe if they just got a couple booster shots before each show this wouldn't have happened yeah
2: they should get them every day
0: yeah so good thing about that all right, let's do some sports here uh, with uh, Rick Amorati. What's going on,
1: pal? All right, D, one more Friday night. Rodeo Roundup, Amarillo Tri-State Fair and Rodeo Amarillo, Texas. We got a- uh, Amarillo National Center, again in the great state of Texas. Amarillo. Bareback riding leaders, R.C. Landingham uh, on Leighton Berry, Andrew Rodeo Fire Water is tied with Zach Hilber, who has uh, both uh, have 86 points. He did that on uh, Lane McGee. Steer wrestling leaders, Tyler Pearson, 3.7 seconds. Team Roping, Caleb Driggers and jo- Junior Noguera, uh, 4.3 seconds. And I've seen that tandem. They've been doing really good. They're coming out in leaders in Number of rodeos. Saddle Bronc riding leaders, Spencer Wright, 86 and a half points on Hokey Pokey. Love that name. <laughs> Tied <laughs> down roping leaders, Blaine Cox. seconds, right, Rick? Do the Hokey pokey Barrel (laughs) racing leaders, Stephanie Fryer, 16.47 seconds. I've seen Stephanie as well. She's another good barrel racing leader, and I've seen her on a number of rodeos. Steer roping, Slade Wood in 10.6 seconds. Bull riding leader, Kai Hamilton, 88 points on pro rodeo's number 546 and the total payout on this rodeo $101,000 and we'll have a full backup report on that tomorrow. Uh, actually, we'll have that on uh, Monday night for you. And this is just breaking Yahoo News. This is from the Grio. Biba Adams. Ties right in with what Rick was talking about earlier about wi- missing African American women. Dallas Strawberry's granddaughter found safe after being reported missing. Strawberry's granddaughter Mylisa has been located by authorities in Nevada after she reportedly went missing. The granddaughter of Major League Baseball legend Dallas Strawberry has bound safe, been found safe after being reported missing in Nevada. According to TMZ, Strawberry took to social media yesterday to ask the public's help in locating the young lady, writing, this is our granddaughter, my Lisa, who is missing right now. Please pray for us as we desperately need your prayers. Thank you. And fortunately, she has been found safe and sound, and uh, good to report on that. Well,
2: that's good. Uh, I'm sure Joey Reed talked about that. Oh, right? yeah. They Maybe she led it. the charge. Mm, exactly. I didn't see
1: her I didn't see it. And in boxing news, good fight this weekend, in my opinion. Anthony Joshua will defend his WBA, WBO, and IBF heavyweight world titles against former cruiserweight undisputed champion Alexander Usyk. The bout will be held at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London tomorrow on DAZN at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Joshua, 24-1-1, 22 KOs, 31 of Watford, England, won the IBF belt with a third-round TKO victory over Eric Molina in 2017. 16. He's had that belt for a while. He added the WBA title with an impressive victory over Vladimir Klitschko, another legend in in the day, in 2017 and the WBA uh, BO title in unanimous decision over Joseph Parker in 2018. Joshua lost the belts in his seventh round TKO, lost to Andy Ruiz in 2019, but won them back in the rematch six months later. Now he he faces the southpaw, Usyk, the WBO mandatory challenger, hopefully setting up a big blockbuster with Tyson Fury provided he gets ahead of Uh, Deontay Wilder, but you know what they say. That's why they fight the fights. And Usyk is 18-0, 13 knockouts. He's from Shipnitsky, Ukraine. And a couple of braces this weekend... NHRA, we follow them very well as well. Midwest Nationals, Worldwide Technology Raceway, Madison, Illinois this weekend. We'll have a recap on that Monday. And NASCAR Sunday, where we have a Texas Motor Speedway, Fort Worth, Texas. The Auto Trader, Echo Park Automotive 500, Big D. And last but not least, a little bit of NFL action, a couple of good games. I'm looking forward to that. Buccaneers, Tampa Bay going to visit the uh, LA Rams in SoFi Stadium, 425 on Fox, that's appointment television. I think it's going to be a great game, and I think Brady is going to have a tough one. D, I really do. You do. want
0: to? Uh, do you want to make some picks here to go on the record, <laughs> like we did the last couple of weeks? here? all right. I'm, I'm with you. All right, pick a couple games here. What, what game? You want to start with that one? Tampa start Bay, Kansas
1: one. City. Who you got?
0: I mean, Tampa Bay, uh, LA.
1: Oh, I, I'm going with the Rams. Yep, I'm, really? I'm taking the Rams. Okay, Rick, who I'm, you got? I'm going to go with the Tampa
2: Bay Buccaneers to win. I don't do points. Well, okay. it's
0: only it's only one, so it's not going to. It shouldn't matter. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams myself, too, to win the game at home. Yep. Okay.
1: How about the Sunday night game, Packers-Niners? Okay, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the Niners, the home team. Minus three. Minus three. Okay. Uh... Think they can win by more than three, Rick? No, I'm going I'm to reverse that call. I'm going with the Packers. I'm okay. going with Rodgers. Packers <laughs> plus three? Yes. Uh, Rick,
0: who do you got? I'm going to go with the
1: Niners. Okay, I'm I also going to go teams. with
0: the Niners because the, your first instinct's always the right one, and Rick reversed, which means yeah. he's going to definitely lose. So i want to go with the Niners, <laughs> minus three. Uh, any other games, Rick?
1: Um, how about Seahawks-Vikings? That's not a bad game in kay. Minnesota. That's my best bet of the weekend. Oh, is it? Yep. What does that mean, best who do, bet?
0: Who do you got, Rick?
1: I'm mm. taking the Vikings at home.
0: Okay, Rick uh, Rick Delgado, who do you got?
2: Uh, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. Go with the Seahawks. All
0: right, I got Minnesota at home to win the
1: game. That's How many my, points uh, they
0: got, Big D? That's my, if I could play one game, that's the one I'm going to play Minnesota.
1: How many points did they get in Minnesota? Uh,
0: they're getting one.
1: Oh, all right, it's a tight one. Yep. And uh, then Monday night, let's not forget, Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. I'll be in studio with my Cowboy jersey on, reporting on that game. That's Lock of the year. Lock it up with the Eagles, out. baby.
0: <laughs> and that's a wrap. Back to you, Big D. All right, very Friday good. Night. So I, I wanna, let me th- just... By the way, throw, I
2: picked both teams to lose. <laughs>
0: right, let, me throw, <laughs> let me throw something out there. Why, right. would, um, why wouldn't the results of uh, Sonny Hoston? and uh, Anna Navarro come back before they would go to air? Why would they get them back in the middle of the A to B block? And then furthermore, why would the show continue when everybody's then been exposed? I'm just sitting here thinking about it.
2: You're like Columbo.
0: The audience, the other two hosts, the producers, everybody there.
2: Yeah, by then it's too late, right?
0: Well, the, you can't get in unless you're fully vaxxed. And I believe they, they make the audience wear masks the whole taping. You know, they should have Dr. Fauci on as the guest host maybe tomorrow or whenever, if they come back to air and ask them these questions. Interesting. Wouldn't you think if they're testing every day, they would wait till the results before they go to air?
2: Or you would think they'd, they'd say, hey, make sure you show up early enough so we can have the results
0: Yeah. before we're supposed to go to air. Right. Isn't it weird? When the more you think about it, it's just strange.
2: I don't know. Yeah. And then to have the vice president,
0: Kamala. Especially the day t- you know she's going to yeah. be there.
2: Uh, uh, but, but she's in the building already, but doesn't come on the set.
0: I'm sure she had to greet them before they went to air and said right. hello, don't you think?
2: You would think that the, everybody's be, you know behind the scenes. Hey, you know, you got two hours. They're sitting in makeup. Yeah. They're getting the green robe. They're doing yeah. this. Yeah. Hey, you, you want some and of this from room. the craft table? Have a banana. Have a donut.
0: That's know. just strange. The more you think about how this went down, it's just very strange that they ended up having to do this all on air, <laughs> pull the hosts off the set, expose. Everybody's exposed. They leave the other two of there. They bring the vice president into the building. She's um fully vaccinated, but obviously now exposed. I don't suppose she's in any danger, obviously. Yeah. I don't it. know what the audience was the deal was, but I mean, it just is very strange.
2: So basically the view has become a super spreader. Uh,
0: event. It's that's what it seems to me yeah all right so that's that's pretty much it uh, i saw trump today by the way filed a hundred million dollar lawsuit against the new york times so good for him good for him we can only hope he wins and collects every dollar of that live coverage of the president tomorrow maybe he'll talk about his his lawsuit 5 p.m in georgia harry oates and the crew will be on uh, site and they'll be covering it like only real america's voice can cover it Uh, And that's tomorrow, 5 p.m. from Perry, Georgia. The president will be there, Save America Rally. We'll see what he has to say. Um, Like I said, you never know what he's going to say as the more and closer we get to the midterms. And, you know, he's he's already dropped some hints when he went to see the firefighters on the 9-11 anniversary and other things. So we'll wait and see what the former president has to say. I gave you the polls all week. Gave you Biden's polls, which are going down quicker than, uh, you know... And uh, his polls would show that if the election was, again, he'd win by 10 over Biden and 13 or so over her. So we'll see what the president has to say. As always, we salute our military, active and active, police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, Border Patrol. Thanks to everybody protecting us on all the front lines all over the country. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice, as always, for the opportunity. Most of all, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. Great week. We'll see you on Monday night, 8 p.m. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you then.